Fortune, I assume that you carry with you here. Poetry night rings through. And my favorite Northwest poets are scrappers. People who punch above their weight. People who don't have, who might not have, quote unquote, the experience, but they're like that unknown contender from Philadelphia. If to put a boxing metaphor, I'm sorry, Rachel, if this is, it makes you mad. Like an unknown contender from Philadelphia who people don't think that has that much experience, but when they get on that ring slash microphone, they get surprised. I am, I think um, Rachel is, um, I think Rachel's one of those scrappers. And I like, I like her hunger. I like the fact that she, I like her aversion to cliche. I like the, 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 the fact that I, every time I've heard her, I always, I, I, I'm, I always feel like I'm hearing somebody whose feet are on the ground. Who, 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 who under, who, who understands the meaning of working for something. And I'm glad that she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Poetry Night, Black Drop C Coffee House, show your love for Rachel Rosenberg. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Robert. I still hate following you. <laughs> and I hope this isn't cliche, but I wanted to start with uh, an invocation of sorts. This is from an unpublished chapbook uh, on Greek mythology. Our inspiration knits brains bright, fills fingers to sparking full, pours from us unbidden, stolen unforgiven, warps us waxy down wick spines, dripping genius. Our eternal work is to give away everything we love, to carol seeds of creation earthward. But we live in silence, even when invoked. Our job is to spark your mortal lights, not to make names for ourselves, to keep us controlled, we have been crippled. Our throats trap and stifle and you sound louder than a whisper if it's not for your ears alone. Every pencil breaks instantly, every pen goes immediately dry. We are denied all creative outlet. We get no closure, nor credit, empty and spent. But how can we refuse fellow word lovers? Sing, O oh muses, help us to be like you, they cry. They want to be original and special, but their despair is uniform. We sing our silent arias witnessed in ones. If we have dripped honeyed ideas onto your tongue, spread them wide. Our doublings deserve to be shared. 
Sing, sisters, tickle tease notes and jolt their dreams. Sing, maddening quiet choir of heavenly harmonizing hostesses. Rant on ideology, morality, poetry, unworthy minds. But catalysts don't get bylines. We will never be held accountable for a single sour note. What germinates in us is born in you. Our brain children cascade from your fingers and throat birth an agonizing, rushing joy. We midwife muses, we cosset creative newness, but your voices make noise, your pens make lasting marks. Ours are silent and dry, vivid only in the instinct and the imagination. Speak for us, belt our melodies and fantasies to the globe. We serenade you this awful responsibility. We kindle in you these exalted rhythms, little sisters, and weep with joy to see vindicated in you everything that matters, even when the elucidating, extirpating upheaval of opus inception obliterates the aggregate totality of not just finesse, but life itself. Sing, O muses, of both creation and destruction, of both engraced faith and blasted belief. Sing a symphonic round, a lie, all truth, the omnipresence of description without which there is no life. Only what is named is saved, be worded and expounded and jubilant, and it was very good. O muses, never cease your singing. And after that, I'm thinking something a little more fun. Um, so, zombies, right? We planned out every detail, plotted every escape route and survival strategy, hoarded every necessary supply. Not only had we prepared for and expected it, we counted on the zombie apocalypse. We wanted to be badass action heroes, rough-riding underdogs who get movie deals when the world goes back to normal. We'd anticipated everything but the sheer brute will we'd need to keep breathing, keep pounding away and swinging away for mile, solid miles of re-killing, swinging, running and jumping, following lost leaders with panic in their plans, desperation of empty earth, miles of solid killing. My team is ragged, but really alive. Two of us sit crouched in the trunk, back door lifted halfway, rifles at the ready. We have a man sitting shotgun, for real. He got it because he called it, grabbed it, cocked it. We are scavengers picking apart this country town by town, house by house, searching for anything actually alive or really dead, proof that it's ending. But all we find is just miles of solid killing, then we're mobile, rabbiting away from the scene, back to abandoned, beeping cruisers and trucks, and overturned ambulances coated inside and out in brown blood, doors creaking open in the windy mist. How do you know when there's nothing left to fight for? How do you know when that's your fault? Take a shot for courage every time we have to lift the gun, the bat, the pipe, the pole, the stick, the shovel. Rekilling strangers is just as hard as loved ones. Maybe I met you on the internet, says something as I bash your face in. <laughs> Maybe you're a friend's mother, aunt, cousin, as my shovel makes your necklace explode away from your body. <laughs> Maybe I'll slam that steel into your face again, left ear to right ear, off and away. Man, if I had a nickel for every head I've bashed in... <sighs> All our parents and teachers and most of our friends said it couldn't happen. They laughed at us for planning escape routes just in case. They laughed at us and then we killed them after they were dead. Solid miles of killing, gutting, grinning faces on rotting bodies. We're numb with caked blood and memories and despair. We joke about repopulating the earth as if we think it should be. As if any one of us would last a week pregnant. As if doctors still existed. And this planet is still plenty inhabited. Everything with a body still moves. They moan, shambling in masses, millions, hungering. And always, always circling above, zombie birds of prey pissing blood like rain. 
We've made it this far in foresight and guts, but it's us against the world, literally. And if we ever slip up, if we make even the smallest mistake, we won't be so alone in this crowd any longer. We'll be part of the group again, just ordinary dead boys and girls. We could let our vigilance slip for just one moment and forget. What kind? What, what kinds of stuff you want to hear? You guys maybe uh, thinking maybe a villanelle or maybe something yeah, sexy. You know, okay, villanelle. Yeah. <laughs> this one is not a sex. Well, maybe sort of. Um, the thing I like about villanelles is that no matter what the subject matter, they're always going to sound creepy, just because of the way they ring. Um, this one is called the art of frustration. If you do it right, frustration is an art. At this crossroads of pleasure and self-control, thought must be a rapture or you'll rip yourself apart. It's a burning, tingling joy, impossible to chart, based on waiting, on wondering, on not knowing your role. If you do it right, frustration is an art. It grips you till you think you're through and then restarts. Relief is no freedom, only joyless parole. Thought must be a rapture or you'll rip yourself apart. It makes you moan until your senses depart. One more sizzling, uncertain second becomes your only goal. If you do it right, frustration is an art. It'll let you run, even give you a head start, but there's no secret you can keep from it, not in the darkest hole. Thought must be your rapture or you'll rip yourself apart. Sometimes it's only mental, but it can pierce the heart. You'll never shake it once it's leached into your soul. Because if you do it right, frustration is an art. The thought must be a rapture, or you'll rip yourself apart. Thank you, guys. It's really wonderful to be here. Um, I was able to come to this coffee shop once, but not going to stay for poetry night, and I was really disappointed. Um, And I'm happy to see this is as wonderful a community as I imagined it was. The art of saying nothing is mostly about timing. It's that split second when you need to shut your mouth, when I need to stop instead of start, because a conversation thread left dangling is not always an invitation, and unsolicited information is often unwanted. I need to learn the art of saying nothing because I need to learn to stop asking what the joke was anytime two or more people laugh together in my vicinity. And I need to learn when the joke is over, when it's time to stop, when I'm retroactively killing all the fun by dragging it relentlessly into the sunset of verbal infinity and fucking driving it off a cliff. (laughs) I am not Thelma, and you are not Louise, and I do not plan on either of us dying today, even metaphorically. (laughs) I need to learn the art of saying nothing because I am letting out all my secrets, and I should not let them go for free. And worse, I need to stop telling people just how to hurt me. I intend only to warn, to show some preview for a movie of my life I hope never gets made, to teach you how to deal with me. I need to stop pouring all my laughter and tears onto the sidewalk. They are not the correct complimentary side dish to your casual cigarette. I need to learn to stop interrupting people. And to stop talking over them when we start at the same time. But above all, I need to learn to stop repeating things. The only thing worse than not being heard is not being heard the second time. The third time. 
the fourth time. By then it's just pathetic whether anyone's heard me or not. I need to learn to stop trying so hard. And I need to learn the art of saying nothing because I need to convince myself that not being heard is not the same thing as not existing. That letting something go doesn't mean the opportunity will never come back up and that being on the outside of the inside jokes will not make me cease to exist. I will flourish and abide whether you believe in me or not. Whether you talk to me or not. And these days, I keep all the secrets locked in the vaults of my brain and do not teach them to my tongue, even for argument's sake. I have made progress. But if there's ever a day when I've never talked too much, laugh at the wrong sing thing, say the wrong thing, interrupt you, or tell you things you never asked to know, then I will have mastered the art of saying nothing. And maybe then I can stop feeling like everything I've worked so hard to build will slip right through my fingers if I ever pause to breathe. So I have this chapbook. That poem is in it. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Five dollars. I'm practically giving it away. <laughs> okay, I promised you guys something funny and something sexy, right? I want to tie you elbows to ankles, count the arches in your angles, your concavity vexes me. But your convexity makes me cave, makes me whistle pant and rave. I see myself mirrored in your face-wide smiles. Get comfortable, baby. We'll be staying a while. See, we connected immediately. My eyes adored you greedily, and I saw you staring back. Friendly giggles urged conquistadorial contact. What's that? You think you're too pure for my literary depravity. I'm like gravity. Like a black hole, everything I want will eventually come to me. You'll slide inside like I own you bodily. Even your light and shine can't keep those to yourself. They're already mine. Baby, I'm going to play you like a card. Trust me, you'll be breathing hard. Don't try and beat me. I've got both the winning hands. Like fascists, they'll seize you if they see you making plans. Don't bet against me. And if you discard me, you're a chump. You'll never draw a better card. I am the trump. And I've got your axis on a heavy tilt, but you can take it. You are so well built. Your every piece is crafted by a master. Losing you wouldn't be an art. It would be a disaster. But you're a breath of fresh air for these smoked-out, palmed-out lungs, an electric breeze sizzling me sideways to Portland Slam Sundays with nonchalant ease. You bounce me off balance with each hot breath sliding and gliding from my ears to my neck. You threw me off time like a wobble in my orbit. And I adored it. You didn't just speed into my heart. You floored it. So, baby, I'm going to make you like a decision. I'm strong. I stand for no flack or derision, but step into my arms and all might be forgiven. You'll love me like I'm home sweet home. Pick any medium. I don't deal in tedium, seductive via fiction, fact, or poem. You think you wrote the book on love? I wrote a three-volume tome. But I still want to tie you elbows to ankles, count the arches in your angles, all the aqueducts that make you flow, but I've got the water that'll make your plants grow. So what's it going to be? <laughs> Don't say anything. I already know. <laughs> Thank you, guys. How many more? Anybody? Yeah? Three? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
something that I never get to do, um, which is, I have these two, these two partner poems that I never get to read because ca I can only really read them together. Um, because the second one is, you know, funny and cute, and, and it doesn't, you know, I don't like giving it up without the first one, so. <clears throat> and actually, this is uh, the first one I started while I was in high school, and I've been working on it ever since. Uh, and the second one I wrote, you know, like a year or two ago, um, as a, yeah, as a companion piece to a poem I thought I would never finish in the first place, so. Oh, enemy love. If ever you were to seduce me, it would be in glasses. For the shiver spark that jumps from eye to eye past glass reflected in my own reflective moons and everywhere I wax and wane. I want you tangent to my parallel, pole to my compass. Oh, my enemy love, if ever you were to seduce me, it would be in glasses, together in my orisons, cutting classes, with fake passes that won't stand up under scrutiny. What did I see? You unbended knee, crawling, wanting more, ear to the side, hand to the floor, and those lucky glasses, my lucky glass, backlit blossoming, shadow cast, framing all wonder in your shape until my eyes start to blur and my hands start to shake. You're the fastest breeze flying by, drying out my aching eyes, and I know I'm not supposed to chase. And it's hopeless. It's your home track and your chosen race. So I tear up and cheer from the back row, an open secret nobody cares to know. Your fangirls flitter, strut, and chatter, make you feel like you're all that matters. Their peals of laughter sending you peeling off into endless hallways, radiating out from stance on bended knee, shooting forth prickling beauty that drives them in but does not speak to their honesty. Virtue is only fleeting, and love has too many meanings, and my heart will not relinquish you, so beat it, nymph. Get thee off into the woods. <laughs> Enemy love, sure, I've seen you on the slick floors, listening under forbidden doors, but never for a hint of me. I listen with invisibility, wondering where my chances went, wondering what the glances meant. You, you sneaky sneaker, you sneak, padded heart, padded feet, running silent patterns of padded race, sweat sliding glasses down your face. You're not blind. You know what to do. As you talking talker, you talk, striking my pride, my stride, my internal body clock. I can't give it up. That massive heart-wrenching, seat-trenching anxiety that says that you're the one for me, just waiting, 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 even if you don't know it yet. Okay. So that was number one. Here's number two. <clears throat> And when I was writing this, for some reason, I signed it Rachel Hipster Glasses Rosenberg. Um, I, yeah. Oh, new lover boy, when you finally seduce me, let it be in glasses. I've lived blind so long, it feels like our common blindness could turn touch to sight, could make me stop glancing sideways down long hallways after men who've already turned the corner, who've learned to length but not to lap. Vectors running in only one direction, away. But now they are sprinting Mobius circles in the past. Because our four eyes together, multiplied, make eight, and glinting, make infinite, and watch our love become fractals. <laughs> watch us chase each other everywhere, and inside each pattern find another, a deeper, and we can color them together in hues of wonder and shades of delight. We can wend through our iris-tinted wanderings with woven hands, sketching shapes each could never imagine alone. Oh, lover boy, when you seduce me, sparks will fly. All the light in the room will be reflected and refracted off both the sweat of our straining and the focals in our eyes, magnifying and melting any and all resistance. Loving becoming focusing, bringing each other to light. Oh, what spectacles we shall make together. 
Oh, new lover boy, you can erase my longing and turn it into desire, redirect my resigns orisons to ribald reality, because what I see is me, waving goodbye to my orisons altogether, because who needs prayers once they've been answered? Lover boy, I want to be your pupil. I want you to show me how to love you and how to see myself mirrored in your eyes, which are much more forgiving than mine. And more than that, I want to see you. And I want to see you want me. And I want you to see me wanting you, but not just wanting you. Wanting you as you are. Showing you that flaws you felt inside were never flaws at all because I don't see them. Lover boy, there's no one alive who does not have a blind spot. And no one fits perfectly inside their frames. We're all off-centered. And we're all a little crooked. But I think your evil eye echoes mine. I think we fit, if not ourselves, then each other. New lover boy... You meet all my specs. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. My final poem of the night. Thank you guys. You've been a wonderful audience. I'm so glad I was able to come up here. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <clears throat> when form fits function, you are knees to heart in the back left corner of a public elevator, crying your way through two tissues and most of a cigarette. When expression fits language, you are complaining how nobody looks up anymore, knowing they never did to begin with. And then you yawn at the future for dropping the heaviness of eternity on you without ever letting out of its hand the lightness of sleep. When coincidence sparks connection, put on the yellow headband you never wear and wonder if it caused the car accident that happened right in front of you when the pale green Prius stopped for you but the silver SUV didn't and the latter slammed into the former, shooting the Prius through the crosswalk and up onto the median with a violent shatter of plastic and glass, screech and crack. He didn't even slow down. Hearing the rumble, I think about the recently increasing prevalence of skateboards as a primary form of transportation for adults. When all I want is a sourdough pretzel, and for these lines to still be in my mind, and not just loitering on the tip of my tongue when I get home, teasing. This is a crow's nest moment. A land ho sense of evening is there. They're always there. The little things that make up the pores of a person, filling memory holes like bees fill honeycomb. The sweetness and strangeness you live on. Like when you quit reading the second book of an author because it's the same as the first. Or when your intuition is rewarded. Or when you drive past a cough car and realize you're already going the speed limit. <laughs> or when you barely recognize the hair staring back at you, but the eyes are still the same. Incitements to notice what you don't usually connect. Cherish the first day every year you don't need a coat. As you check the cars in the lot in the same way you used to glance askance at cafeteria tables for that crush you may have hidden too well. Write about smoking a lot, because you want to know what else your lover's mouth and hands do. Please, let me be your bookcase, the ex libris of your ideas stacked and organized, fitting together and disappearing the lines of your Tetris, illuminating your margins like we lived very long ago and very far away and you were very rich and we are sentenced together, bound by a name. Read me. First the page, then the squire, then the night you transfixed me with that shaggy trim nothing that happens to the rest of everything I know how to perceive when our bodies hinge inward and our faces get gravity pull close. Stop. Your flavors blend so smooth, but you're frozen solid. Memories like ice, like time. It is possible on this earth 
to freeze for eons and wake up on the bottom of the ocean of a world that has changed irrevocably. Stop. You're cold and I don't have to keep you. The window is open, but the candle flames are still. The bath has claws, but mauls nothing. Thank you guys. You're awesome. And I can't wait to hear the rest of the poetry that you've got for us this evening. Thank you, Rachel. Hey, everybody, that was Rachel.